penalties and turnovers and just inability to get the game time goal late lead to the Minnesota Wild falling by a score of four to three to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Let's break down all the action on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Minnesota on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? The Minnesota Wilds come up short, four to three to the Pittsburgh Penguins. The three-game winning streak is over, and uh, for the Wilds, there were a lot of decisions that went into the game before they even took the ice that we want to uh, break down here in tonight's Locked On Wild pod, uh, postcast. Thank you for joining us. Tonight's Locked On Wild postcast is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. And uh, for the Wild tonight, I didn't want to come into this and do the defenseman rant again, but I don't think I have a choice because we see it again. We saw it again, again here tonight that you've got just these critical mistakes that are directly impacting games and are directly leading two goals and too many penalties tonight and just you just can't start a game like that you can't start a game like they did against a team like this and look let's get it right let's get it out there right away this is a Pittsburgh Penguins team that got throttled by Toronto in their most recent game seven to nothing and Toronto didn't have Austin Matthews in the game so you're going to get a you're you're going to get a ticked off penguins team regardless because nobody wants to get embarrassed like that but you just spend all that time getting back in to the game getting yourself in position to tie the score and you give it right back to them and i thought Kaprizov did a lot of really good things here in tonight's game, but you can't take a penalty like that. You can't take a penalty there, and I don't care. I know I, in looking at the replay, it didn't look like it was enough to um, warrant a penalty, but guess what? There were other plays that certainly did, and there are things that are not to the level of being called for a penalty. There are calls that happen during a game that maybe shouldn't be called as a penalty. And there are things that happen that don't get called. It happens to every team in every game. And so I just am going to miss the, miss the argument that the refs are out to get the wild and to give Boston opportunities to, get back into this game and to uh and to win Pittsburgh I mean I, I'm just not gonna hear that argument because there are plays that impact every team that don't go their way that do go their way that go somebody else's way 
you you just were playing with fire taking that many penalties against a Pittsburgh power play that has now scored multiple power play goals in three straight games. That was always going to be a death sentence in this game. If you just continued to march to the box and give them opportunities to get back into the game. But this is not the first time that this has been a common refrain for this team. This is something that over the last couple of seasons they have become well known for is just taking way too many penalties. And I find it hilarious that it was never a suggestion of just getting just not committing penalties like that was never on the table to be changed when we were talking about how bad the penalty kill was it was never on the table to just not commit penalties which is the ultimate way to fix an ailing penalty kill is to not get them exposed a bunch of different times and yet here we are and you gave Pittsburgh those two goals there was an odd man rush on just a hideous turnover in the neutral zone. And then you have, and I know I pick on these guys a lot. You have the play behind the net where the puck bounces off of Goligoski's stick stolen away by Pittsburgh right in front of the net. And they're able to chip it up and in. And so I, I'm legitimately asking like, what are we getting that is so valuable for those guys in sheltered minutes that you just don't feel comfortable not having them both in the game. I know the team is shorthanded right now with Jared Spurgeon not able to play. But you got Dakota Mermis, who's just sitting on the bench right now. And I got to feel like if you, because this is exactly what's going on, you are playing those guys like 10 minutes and I know tonight they had um Merrill had 12 minutes Goligoski had 15 but guess what Damon Hunt had 15 minutes 52 seconds and you know what he wasn't responsible directly for a goal and so for the like the 50th time this season I'm asking what are you getting that you can't afford to take them out of the lineup. If you are having to shelter minutes, guess what? On the road, the opposing team is going to find a way to get to them. And the Penguins did. And so, at this point, I mean, why? <laughs> why? Why? Why do we continue to do this to ourselves? Why do we continue to put ourselves in this position? And the other thing that is annoying is you had after the game, the, the penalties will be addressed. The penalties are going to be addressed. We're going to make it known that guys can't commit penalties. What are you going to sit the whole team? Like, short of real consequences, it, I, it, it, 
short of real consequences, is it really going to stop? Holding the stick. Holding the stick. How many times have we seen that penalty over the last couple of games? And again, I know there were a couple calls that were pretty tic-tac. But let's also look at the instances in which they happened. The Wild had just spent the entirety of the game working back to tie the score. And Kirill takes a penalty 12, se- 12 seconds later. And Pittsburgh immediately scores. You can't... You put yourself in that situation, you're just asking for it. And for the 13th time this year, it seems like, that's that's what you get. Now, there were some good things that happened. We, almost as if a switch was flipped, you see the Wilds, um, you see the Wilds change to, hey, we got to get to the net. We got to get to the net and we got to take advantage of a beatable goalie. And they do it to get all three goals. Letary right in front off a deflection. Ryan Hartman's goal was a shot that kicked out to the side, but it was a close enough shot that Nijelkovic had moved to the right side of the net and the puck kicks out and Hartman's able to bury it past him. And then Middleton's goal right in front of the net. Folks, the perimeter shots are the ones that the goalies want. They're the ones that the goalies want to face because it's easy for them to get a read on it. It's easy for them to um it's easier for them to to see what's coming. And so if you get closer to the net and you start to just pepper the net with those shots, you see what happens. And so you have all that, you have the comeback. The Wild were shorthanded tonight because Matt Zuccarello got hurt sometime in warmups, I would imagine, to where he wasn't able to go, which puts you behind the eight ball. And you really could have used a player like Zuccarello in tonight's game. And I don't know. I think um, on the Caprizov front, and I see that there are some comments that we'll get to here uh, in just a little bit. We see moments with Kaprizov, like where he chased down Sidney Crosby at the end of the game to prevent an empty net goal. And he just is, he just is, is not quite, he's getting, he continues to get closer, which is why I think we continue to see him get playing time. You see him continue to get minutes because that's the only way that he's going to get out of this. And so there's there is good from this game, but there also is just such frustrating pull your hair out stuff that we continue to see with this team. And so I want to try to I want to try to do a little bit of both because we've yelled enough about they who must not be named Bob with the great nicknames for uh, for they who must not be named. And so now that I can get off my soapbox from what we saw from this game, we're going to talk about plenty more. I'll go through kind of my thoughts on the Gustafson flurry situation because that did not play out the way I thought it was going to, but I don't know that I necessarily have a problem with it. 
So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Kaprizov. We'll get to all of your comments as we continue today's Locked on Wild postcast after this. Today's Locked on Wild postcast is brought to you by Game Time. The holiday season is here, which means it is time to give some great gifts to your loved ones. You may want to send your significant other or a sibling to a concert, a comedy show, or go watch the Timberwolves win another game. Game Time is here to help make sure that your ticket buying experience is as stress-free as possible. Game Time offers last-minute tickets, and most importantly, so you don't find out that your seat view is obstructed, they show you every vantage point in the arena. It could not be easier to order tickets with Game Time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's Locked on Wild postcast is also brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is incredibly easy to use, and there are a wide range of betting options available, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. If you took the Minnesota Timberwolves to beat Miami Heat tonight, you uh, are sitting pretty with FanDuel because not only can you bet the NFL, you can bet the NBA, the NHL, you name it. You can bet it all with FanDuel. Head to FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We're back continuing tonight's Locked on Wild postcast as the Minnesota Wild fall by a score of 4-3 to three to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wild now 12-13-4 on the season. And uh, it is time for us to get to your comments here uh, as we break down the action. Now, as we do that, I want to talk about the Gustafson Flurry situation because people were certainly upset that Flurry didn't get the start. I kind of figured he would because I think you would want to see Gustafson against Boston. That's how I would have done the goalie splits between tonight's game and tomorrow night's game. But the reality of the situation is this. It's hard to argue with the numbers that Philip Gustafson has put up recently. He's been the best goalie in the NHL. And there's a lot of emotion that was going into tonight's game for Marc-Andre Fleury. And so had Fleury started, he not only would have been combating the Pittsburgh Penguins, he would also have been combating that emotion. And so the fact that the Wild went to Gustafson tonight, I didn't really have a problem with it. Now, I did have a problem with what happened in front. And so I don't think it would have mattered who the goalie was tonight. If you turn the puck over behind the net and you give Pittsburgh an opportunity to just chip one, like just like you're chopping a sand wedge 
to uh, to get one into the net. If you give those opportunities, it's it, it doesn't matter who your goalie is, and so it's it's a game you just have to move on from. And honestly, I just there was a lot made of that decision, and I just kind of I don't know. I I didn't really get why everybody was so up in arms about the decision to go Gus as opposed to going flurry. It's, it's just how it worked out. And I honestly, that was, that was one of the, it was as low on the list for issues with this game as it probably could have been. So I, I wasn't super upset about that one. Jeremy gets us going. Why the heck can't we get Mermis into the lineup to replace Merrill or Goligoski? I, I don't know. I, I don't know at this point because Damon Hunt played more minutes than the both of them. And I just have to ask myself, what are you getting with the 12 minutes that John Merrill played tonight? Yes, he had an assist because Vinny Letary was able to deflect his shot into the net for the goal to tie the score at three apiece. Cool. Awesome. What did you get besides that? What do you get besides that? I don't know. I'm honestly asking. I feel like you could just give those minutes to Dakota Mermis and you you wouldn't have to worry about it. But here we are. We continue to um we continue to see it on a nightly basis. And so I'm just going to I guess keep screaming for it um as yeah, I'm just going to keep screaming for it, I guess. Quadrum joining us. I'll say Kaprizov looked really good despite taking a penalty that led to the goal, especially the last five minutes. Uh, and again, that play that I pointed to at the end where he chased down Sidney Crosby to prevent a potential empty net goal. He had some really good opportunities. He had the one where he like weaved through the four different Pittsburgh skaters and just wasn't able to get the goal home. And this is this is why there hasn't been any discussion of sitting him or moving him down in the lineup is I honestly think it's something that he just is going to have to continue to play through because he's either going to have to figure it out or it's going to heal. And then he'll be able to kind of move on from it and get back to what we have seen over the last few years. There's no benefit really of especially some of these recent games where it seems like he just hasn't been able to finish. If you take that out of the lineup, that's that's not going away. So you just have to continue to let him try to work through it and uh, hope that sooner than later he gets it figured out. And yeah, that penalty was... That just was the backbreaker. You had expent all this momentum to tie the score, and all of a sudden, then you're back down by a goal. It, it was just an absolutely just disastrous momentum killer, and it ended up costing them the uh, costing them the game. So for those that uh, for those that say um, that I only pick on John Merrill. There, I uh, I said something negative about Kirill Kaprizov. That was a penalty you just can't have. Terrible. So there. 
Uh, let's continue with the comments here. Bob, Bogosian was horrible and cost the third goal along with Frost. Uh, I think I kind of like Gola Costi better. But Frosty the Slow Man's not bad. They, they both have nice rings, and Bob has been, he's been on the nickname chain for pretty much the entirety of the season. Um, I get a good laugh out of pretty much all of them um, that uh, that Bob has come up with. And yeah, we've talked about Bogosian, and I would be really interested if there was the equivalent of like the All-22 for the NHL. I'd be interested to go back and see if Bogosian himself committed atrocities to uh, to cost particular goals or if it ended up being the fact that he's paired with John Merrill because the last couple of games he he's been fine I I I would say he's been good even over the last couple of games but now you go back to being paired with uh traffic cone and it you just see the numbers plummet so I uh I would be really interested to see that um, how that played out because, you know, again, third pairing. And we I screamed it at the beginning of the game. You can try to shelter your third pairing as much as you want. When you're on the road, teams find a way. They find a way to get those guys on the ice in critical situations. And <laughs> a couple of them. In uh, in this game, to say the least, um, Steve Stench of Dean is still around. Three wild wind about penalties, and it will take a while to get the benefit of the doubt back. And this is another part of kind of my general annoyance with penalties is because, like, if there are plays, and I I certainly thought there were a couple that were iffy. You can't let it ruin the game. You can't let it derail your momentum because, again, there are inconsistencies in every game against every team every year. And it just, it seems like the Wild are just never able to rise above that. Every time they get in one of these situations, it seems like they just kind of wilt. You can't have that. Because, again, I'll say it another time. It happens to every team. It is not a wild-specific problem. And so the fact that it continues to happen and it seems like they continue to react in adverse ways is is just really bad. You can't have that. And so let's get some composure here. Where was the composure during the duration of the the second half of the second period and the start of the third period where the wild scored three times to not the score at three apiece. Where did that composure go? It's gone. Brian joining us tonight. Just start every period in the box. Add in the fact that we never score on the power play and it's the same issues every game. I <laughs> Can we decline the penalties? Like, can you just decline getting the opportunity to go on the man advantage because it just it doesn't seem it seems like you either get just horseshoe saves by um 
by the opposing goalie, or you just have power plays that are incapable of getting quality looks. You spend a lot of time just kind of with three of the four wheels being able to, to drive the car. You spend a lot of time just kind of falling down the hill and not being able to actually generate any looks offensively. I will probably throw a party the next time the Minnesota Wild score a power play goal because it feels like it's been forever, even though it's only been five games. And they, the broadcast focused tonight on the fact that it has been several games for the Minnesota Wilds since they had the power play advantage over their opponent. Why do you think that is? Because the Wild are one of the most penalized teams in the NHL. That's why. And so the fact that they were kind of keeping track of that was odd to me because this is something that's happened pretty much every game this season. They have not had the power play advantage because they keep taking penalties. Maybe if you stop taking penalties or maybe if there are some actual real consequences for taking too many. I I don't know. Just a thought. Quadrum. Johansson looks like another rendition of Zucker when we had him. All he had was speed but could never score. And the irritating part with the Marcus Johansson experience is the shots he's passing up. The drives to the net, which lead to a quick pass at the end. Um as opposed to just taking the shot and yeah, you're probably not going to score, but guess what? You're definitely not going to score if you don't shoot. And so he's been stuck on one goal for a long time. Michael Russo keeps tweeting during, um, during games. I swear Marcus Johansson is going to score again at some point this season. He hasn't yet, but you're not going to, unless you continue to, um, unless you continue to put the puck on the net. So shoot or find somebody else in that spot that can. And guess what? You move Ryan Hartman up because Matt Zuccarello was out. He scored a goal. Marcus Johansson hasn't scored a goal in my lifetime. Just... Just frustrating. And then Brian brings up a great point here as we uh, as we continue to navigate the comments. Pittsburgh received some really nice bounces. That that Crosby power play goal was just stupid. Um, the fact that Faber was trying to get it and it just happens to go right on to Crosby's stick, like you couldn't have placed it any better. And he's able to uh, to let it rip. And that ended up being the game-winning goal. The the puck luck that the Wilds continue to not have, and it seems like their opponents continue to be able to have, is is frustrating too. So that that was not lost on me. The fact that that goal, I, I mean, somebody find the voodoo doll because it seems like the Wilds have a voodoo doll of them that maybe is attached to a magnet and then the puck is attached to another magnet and they just cannot like come together at all. 
like we used to do in like elementary school where you had the magnets and the ones that couldn't couldn't come together and you're just trying as hard as you can to get them close and they just won't maybe the wild have that with um with some sort of voodoo magic uh question from quadrum we keep saying cap is hurt still but he hurt his back lower body yet it his skating dragging the puck that looks the best just isn't scoring which is hands for the most part good news i i think i think we're getting to the point with Kaprizov now where he's going through a similar stretch to what Matt Boldy did. It's it's not as though Kaprizov is not getting opportunities. I mean, he had a, a couple of grade-A looks tonight. He just wasn't able to get him to go. I think once he get, I think he right now is far closer to pre-injury than he was at the beginning of the season. Now, is he fully back yet? Probably not, but he is way closer physically to where we had hoped he would be after coming back from the injury. And so now if he can just get if he can just get some goals to get him back on track, I think he'll be able to uh to get out of it. It it comes down to me and it's it's not a play that led to him scoring a goal or anything, but the fact that he was able to the fact that he was able to get to Sidney Crosby and force Crosby to not be able to score that empty net goal. That's that's an old that's an old school Kaprizov. The fact that he had kind of that PO'd like I'm gonna just move you off the puck. That was that was encouraging for me. And again, the the stick handling that he did, weaving through the five different Pittsburgh players, um, was was another thing that was encouraging. So he's getting close. He's not he's not fully back yet, but once he gets a goal or two, I think we're going to start to see him go on a little bit of a scoring run like Matt Boldy has. Because I I thought Hines nailed it afterwards. I thought he did pretty good. That penalty cost him the game. But, I mean, short of scoring, there really wasn't much more that Kaprizov could have done in this game for the Wilds. Uh, Brian bringing up another good point. Odd man situations are just killing this group. Same old, same old, over and over. Crosby's goal, fortuitous bounce. But that's what happens when you're killing penalties all night. Nailed it. This made me sad. Bubba's sports cards. Goligoski getting power play time is insane. I'd rather throw Hunt or Middleton on the second unit. You're not wrong. That po- guys, that that power play is so frustrating because I have had people throw at me that they are just incredibly unlucky, like from a finishing standpoint. But like your power play is is measured on the goals that you score. And if you're not scoring goals, it's not a good power play. It's incredibly frustrating that you continue to get opportunities and you just can't. uh, You just can't bury them. You got to score. You have to score in order to have a successful power play. So 
how about um how about you just score trav the wild do not have a second power play unit when the first unit goes off the power play is officially over you could argue the power plays over the moment the wilds go on the man advantage if you if you want to if you want to go like galaxy brain on it you could argue that it's over the moment the wild stop playing five on five They'll score at some point, and again, I'll probably have a full-out celebration because it just feels like they haven't in um, in any any amount of time. Can we call that Pennsylvania puck luck? Because that makes me think of that Philly bounce off a ref. Yeah, we can we can certainly call that um, we can call that Pennsylvania puck luck. Um, no Philly special or anything here. We don't uh, we don't talk about such things. Um, Denny joining us tonight. What's happening, Denny? I'm already wondering what Heinz is smoking. It was nice to see Vinny on the fourth line again. And of course they scored. Denny's been on the Vinny Letary train for a while. It's not a coincidence that he scored the first time that he got into the game. Um, as, as the wilds, you know, he was, he was good with, Duhame and Dewar when that combination was put together. And so I, I don't know. I'm I'm on the train. I'm on the line of thinking that you've got guys that have shown they can consistently play in Letary, in Dakota Mermis, in Damon Hunt. So if you are going to say that there will be consequences for penalties, for too many penalties. Now that you have a full team with Spurgeon and Brodeen out of the lineup, um, may, make the words be backed up with actions. That's definitely not how that saying goes, but my brain is, is absolutely fried. I love this for a call. Kaprizov will have his best game yet and will score tomorrow. I love that call. And Bubba's sports cards backs it up. I think the Wild need to let Kirill see the puck more on the power play. It looked like he wanted it bad, but he just didn't get the best looks. Again, it's this is not something that you're going to be able to like rest Kaprizov to get. He's just going to have to continue to play through it. He continues to get critical minutes, and so now really all he needs to do is score a goal to get himself back on track. Could he do it tomorrow night against the Bruins? I would love that. And uh, until he does, we're just going to keep hoping for it. I would put Carcass Johansson on the fourth line with an apology to the Deweys, put Vinny up with Eck and Boldy. See, I, I don't mind the call to put Johansson on the fourth line, but I'm I'm not breaking up Kaprizov, Boldy, and Eck because that that's going to be the best way to get him back on the score sheet is playing with two guys that are playing some of their best hockey of the season. You add him into that mix, they're going to give him additional opportunities to be able to get to the net, 
And so I I don't break that combination up. Now, Johansson, who we've been saying for it seems like weeks, too many passenger minutes in that uh, top six. So I'd be more than happy to see him bumped down in the lineup and give an op- opportunity to somebody else to actually shoot the puck. So <laughs> Carcass Johansson. <laughs> see, Bob has been on the nicknames all season. These are great. Swerve 95. Tell you the truth, we have seen the best Kaprizov can offer. Write that down. And Kaprizov would bring three to five players and prospects right now. I don't think so because people are going to look at what he has done from a scoring perspective and say, he's damaged goods. And so until until the Wilds can get him back on track and get him scoring some goals. GMs, I mean, GMs would be happy to take him, but it's not going to be for that price. So the best hope that we have is that he figures it out here by the end of the season. And that then if you want to unload him before his trade protections kick in, then you can talk about it then. But, He's got a GMs are going to look at that score sheet and say he's got three even strength goals right now. They're not going to they're not going to go with any of their like can't miss prospects. You probably get a first round pick or two, but it's it's not going to be it's not going to be a major haul at this point. Denny, the mojo ain't working. Bench him. I don't disagree. I I don't disagree because if you're going to be in the lineup, you can't just be using it to get a workout. Like shoot the puck. If you get opportunities to shoot the puck, let it rip. Let it fly. Go score some goals. That's what it comes down to. All those clichés, pucks in deep. All all of it. So, we'll see. What happens for tomorrow's game against the Boston Bruins? I got to I got to tell you folks unless we get a complete surprise, probably looking at 0 2 on the road because Boston is a very good team especially at home and unless you make some changes defensively, Boston's just going to go right at that uh that underbelly of this Minnesota Wild decor. And that means goals, that means shots, and that probably means some penalties too. So we'll uh, we'll see how it plays out. We'll have you covered tomorrow as well. And uh, we'll have an episode for you in the morning. Just, uh, just got to figure out exactly what to hone in on here uh, for tomorrow. So we'll, uh, we'll get all that ironed out, but I think that's going to wrap it up for tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast. Football score tomorrow. It, it could be 3 nothing. That is technically a football score. So but yeah, yeah, I know I know where you're going with this swerve. And uh we'll we'll see what happens. But yes, we're here for you guys. Win or lose, we uh we have fun here uh, in the postcast. So thank you all for tuning in. 
and uh, we'll have you covered for tomorrow's game as well. We'll see what happens with the Minnesota Wild. Hopefully they get back into the win column, but we'll see. Um, make sure that you subscribe to Locked on Wild if you haven't already um, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast platform, so you don't miss any of our postcasts, any of our episodes, any pregame previews, any of the content that you can find as part of Locked on Wild. Make sure to hit that like button as well. Thank you, NASCAR Kelly. Make sure to uh, hit that like button and uh, to just continue to enjoy all the content that we have to offer. We've got new episodes for you every single Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.